coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Do you have the time to listen to me grind? Take down the film watchers and nerds all at once. I am one of those skeptical of status quo. Lazy and to the bone, no doubt about it. Sometimes I grind my Excel sheets. Sometimes pour cold water on heat. When the mask's not adding up, you said I'm checking it out. I'm in the welcome to the ground. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard, at PA Howdy on Twitter. This is a member of the DLF family of podcasts, where, where I also write articles and things. And there's some other stuff. I don't know. Um, Alright, so I want to break down the NFL season, spend a few weeks just kind of casually enjoying, trying to understand what just happened, right? What, like, it was a lot of fun, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of not fun things. Like, can we do that? No, because everyone wants to talk about rookies, and I'm really not ready to dig into rookie data. I've got... Week 17 projections to correct. I've got a playoff projections to do. I have the deep desire not to be doing projections anymore. And I just I just don't want us. But that's where we are. That's Everyone wants to know as early as possible, no matter how many times I say, look, you're going to be bored for weeks knowing the same thing, just waiting for the combine. And then you're going to be bored for ever after that waiting for the NFL draft like there's plenty of room and I've got videos to do on every prospect I've got articles I I promised DLF as soon as I know who rookies are I, I will write articles for now I'm not willing to sign up for them for these fictional names that I do not know and I just but when I try to talk about age I'm really interested in age of players this year. Who's going to repeat? Does the fact that DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen were both over age 27 last year and both repeated in the top 12 not, like, excite everyone for the fact that everyone's going to be saying they're over 27 again this year? Or, you know, how the majority of wide receivers that finish inside the top 12, really really the boundary that matters, are over the age of 24. 26 at least and how just because a player's career peaks if you look at the average doesn't mean that the good players who had multiple seasons in the top 12 just stop and maybe Julio Jones but I'm doing it you see I'm and it's not it's not what you want is it I can see it I I can I can feel you going nope 
I'm kind of done with that right now. So I'm on this age kick, and the, whenever I try to talk about it, people ask me about rookie age. And I've got Curtis Bean just arguing on Twitter with people I thought we'd hunted to extinction who don't understand what production metrics are and think it's about a thousand yard rushing floor for wide receivers when no that's not no but I love to see you still out here I really thought that fun was done with because that's like thank you but age okay age and rookies how about that I can do that off the top of my head I've had to do this rant for like three years straight multiple times a day every off season and I write an article about it in relation to the new draft class every year and I'm writing a chapter about advanced and non-advanced college metric prospecting and for wide receivers running backs and tight like it's like I can do that would that be cool cool all right so unfortunately as you know I try not to do I don't want to list numbers on a podcast. There's nothing harder to ingest or more boring to listen to than me. Just just me, actually. But but me reciting numbers to you has got to be even a little bit worse, right? But unfortunately, we're talking about age and we're talking about statistics and uh, that stuff. So there's some of that. I'm going to try and decrease the amount of that and stick with the story that is true as opposed to a narrative, which is the word I use to describe to a story of football that is not true or, you know, unbased in fact or research. So just prepare for that, right? If you need a notepad, like don't, you don't need a notepad. It's all written down in my database, pinned to my Twitter timeline, my Patreon timeline, all free. You can go look or read any of those articles but you know, if if that's that's what you do, you know, notepad notepad ready, I guess. Okay, let's do it. Um, so since two thousand and three, which is as far back as my rookie prospect database goes, because I have data since two thousand, but I was trying to weed out players who played before that sample size. I didn't want you know half profiles. I wanted to see a whole player's career. It's still still a few players played extra years, um before 2003 but anyway that's that's why my database goes back to 2003 even though I have data going back to 2000 so in that time there have been 12 players to break out for two get your Cole Beasley Beasley's out of here my, my, my doppelganger according to Zach Reed but two top 24 PPR scoring seasons in that time in the NFL, drafted into the NFL since 2003 and went on to have at least, because some of them are still active, two top 24 seasons. So it's a fairly high threshold for who is good, quote, not good. There have been 12 players to do that in the NFL who've had a breakout age over the age of 20. What's breakout age? Notepad? Ready? Okay. So breakout age, currently, I think we can do better than it. But currently, breakout age is typically defined as a player getting 20% of his team's rush receiving yards, not rushing yards, that'd be weird, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns in in any year. That's Dominator. College Dominator is when you combine their best year in Dominator and their last year in Dominator together. So you basically you take the average of those two years, which is why I don't do College Dominators for anyone that only played two years because that's just 
lie. If they've played one year, it's just doubling it up. And if played two years, that's just it's just weird. But I do it. But if they've played less than two years, I'm not doing a college dominator. I've also wrote a monster article, which is now defunct, and I have to rewrite for DLF, I assume, about why per game adjustments, because that's one of the things people like to do when they want their prospect to be better than he is in production metrics. Well, we look at per game, per game, buddy. DK Metcalf, buddy. Yeah. But if you do that for any more than that one player you're looking for, and I can't stress this enough because it was some of the most mind-numbingly eye-itchy late-night research I've ever done, it hurts your hit rate. Basically, it misleads you more than it helps you, even though it makes someone like DK Metcalf look better. Like, yay, you get DK Metcalf, but also you miss 20 times out of 21 times instead of hitting over 50%. Like, that's not what we want, even though we all love DK Metcalf, right? Cool. We, we can we, we can get into how you can accurately and based on reason <laughs> adjust some players in our minds, even if adjustments won't work on the numbers for testing, at least know the exceptions. Like a player like DK Metcalf, who didn't play a full college season, played two years or more, but was switching in and out with AJ Brown basically because of injuries. We can know that and know that his numbers probably look a little bit low. And Jake was even on the podcast when we were having this argument and he was the biggest DK Metcalf fan in the world ever. Don't let anyone tell you different. And he he, he agreed. And I agreed with him that he was a great prospect and I liked him. I, ju- I just like Nikhil Harry more. I'm sorry. I like Nikhil Harry more. Ah, so much owners. So much ownage going on in this one. But anyway, so that's what Breakout Age is. Now, Rotoviz, a, a website that, you know, has stats and some very cool people writing about stats, they recently, and it's not so recently at this point, it's over a year, but they they wrote research and started pushing the idea that Breakout Age should really be defined by a 30% threshold. And there's some great reasons for that, and they've moved to it. So if you're seeing Breakout Age, you're typically seeing the 30% threshold. Now, the reason I don't just track 30% is because it leaves out a number of other players where their breakout age was the reason we were able to hit them, dis- hit on them despite a little less draft capital, such as DK Metcalf, but also um, Doug Baldwin off the top of my head. I know he's one who didn't break out with a 30% threshold, did with a 20% threshold. So you want to know about those 20% threshold guys. What 30% really does is decrease the bucket or the the pool to the most relevant, most productive players in college. Because here's the thing, guys: you can argue to your blue in your face about a thousand yard seasons or nerds, and and I do. I I hate me. I really hate me. It's fine. I hate, I hate I hate it. But here's the thing: the most productive players in college, accurately judged to be productive or not, are often the best players. In the NFL, and the way I, I've done this before, and we might do this again later in the offseason with the 2020 season, is I did dominator calculations on the NFL and ranked the players by it and showed that the most productive were, by and large, the best players. So if there was a super NFL and you were drafting from the NFL to see who would be best in the superhuman alien league, who was most productive, even just by dominator, which is not my favorite stat for this at all, 
would be a fairly good way of knowing who was the best in the NFL if you knew nothing else. And of course you know other things. The tape grinders out there telling you about routes. So you know more. But regardless, that's what breakout age is typically referring to. I think if we're going to improve breakout age, instead of just you know, squashing down the less productive players who often played in more difficult situations like Baldwin and different conferences that have lower thresholds, actually. But um, we should adjust the metric we're using. So I'm not a big fan of Dominator. It's great. It's more descriptive than it is predictive, if anything is predictive. So I think the the, the adjustments we should be looking to make is how, how can we judge how people are productive in their situation in that year better than Dominator? And I think... Right now, the the best on the books, without A yards at least, is it's going to be yards per team attempt or yards per team pass attempt. So that's kind of one of my projects for this offseason. But regardless, that's where we're at. It's Dominator, not College Dominator. Remember, there's a difference. Dominator calculation in the age at which they're at. There's also a difference between where you want to calculate their age because we're nerds and we can't not do this. So uh, I believe most people, most right-thinking humans unlike me, take an age at the middle of the season. Like, they they choose a midpoint date for the season and calculate ages for that player on that date. Also, I think most, like Rotoviz and Tanho and all the other smart guys, they use decimal places. But I I insist whether you're 21.2 or or 20.9 is irrelevant. Even if it... No, I don't believe that. <laughs> so I, I I don't do decimal places. I can. And in fact, I think I have incorporated that into my pin database because I just get asked about it so much and I'm a man of the people, so I do what they ask. So I'm getting caught up here. Where was I? So yeah, breakout ages. So you can calculate the middle, the start, the end of the season. I use a random date towards the start of the season because I'm more interested in the age they were when they started playing than some kind of arbitrary line that says that's the age they were most of the season. I, I get it's fair. It's just not what I do. You should know that. If No, no, you shouldn't know that, but I told you anyway. All right, so that's where we're getting breakout ages from. How productive they were at the ages, depending on where you calculate it from, based on the percentage of teams' yards and touchdowns, which is the percentage calculation average together of both of those things and that's kind of where I think some of the variance comes from because Dominator includes touchdowns and we we know touchdowns are you know kind of random events unsurprisingly most of the best players catch most of them but like within the NFL we know that touchdowns can be largely unsticky unpredictive and so I think that's where some of the problem and I also calculated yardage dominator but that doesn't really fix the problem and again I think if we need to improve these things we need to move away because the percentage calculations are great but I think we can do better than them um, instead of just using a different percentage but I've been using the percentages a very long time I understand what the number should look like it's great for reference and if you're just starting out this is the first time you've heard any nerd talk about it at all yeah, you can look at market share, which is, again, a fancier way of saying percentage, so we even made it more complicated. Anyway, i got so many rants on this subject, I've been talking about it for too long. Where was I? 12 players who had a breakout age based on those presets over the age of 21, so 21, 22, 23, or they had no breakout age at all, so they never crossed the 20% threshold while playing in college. 
just 12 players since 2003, which is a really long time ago. You know, I don't even know if they had shoes back then. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, let's look at the list. And this is where I start to rattle off thing, notepad-y things. But again, I've written this down a lot. It's all in the database. You could siphon the table or filter the table the same way I just have explained to you. Because um, you, you'd be looking at the same thing. But Adam Thielen didn't play at a college conference that we can actually track stats from fairly. So that's why he doesn't have a breakout age. There are a few players like this in those 12 players. Several didn't play wide receiver. Tyreek Hill, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman were running backs, quarterbacks, or utility players, which was Tyreek Hill, really, who was a running back. But there you go. So it's really unfair to say that they didn't break out and therefore they're an exception to the rule. And remember, we're also talking about a 12-player sample since 2003. And again... There are a lot of players drafted since 2003 and undrafted. So this is, these are all production outliers, as I wrote about in one article. I production versus draft capital outliers, if you're interested, on DLF. But anyway, so moving those players out, because go, even going into a draft, you know, if even if you like love Julian, the idea of Julian Edelman switching positions, like that was a position someone out there probably says they have, not true, but it's prob prob probably something that someone believes. I wouldn't have been like, ah, they didn't break out. They didn't have a age 19 breakout age. I would have said, I haven't seen them played wide receiver, so how would I know? Go go with the football gods. If you, <laughs> you know? I have no idea. We don't know. Never seen them play it. So, yeah, cool. The NFL doesn't like strange, typically. New England, cool, whatever. So I just don't think they're good outliers. And that's three out of the 12 just who did not play wide receiver. Adam Thielen don't have stats on. I can I do have his stats. I could input him. But the more I do this, the more I find that inputting players from basically, you know, community college conferences, they, they just change the numbers without adding real signal. It's just fair to say it's hard to judge that level of competition versus any other level of competition, even the independence conference. So, yeah. Okay, I'm just... Didn't know. Couldn't have known. But if you do go look at his numbers, he was really productive every year. Like, NF, one of the best NFL players, funnily enough, dominated a very, very low conference. Like, he was... Woo! Oh, wow. Those were high percentages. But again, lots of players kind of have them down there. So let's just eradicate them. That's four out of the 12. Four, 12 we're down to eight. Okay. One is Anquan Bolden, who's one of those players who played in college before 2003. So before 2000, one of his seasons comes before 2000. So he's kind of a little out of our sample range. But he played one year. He played like 12 games one year and then had a 15% dominator at age 19, which isn't bad but it's not great but usually players play a little earlier than that and so it was his first season but he then missed a year don't really know why I could go look it up but I'm not gonna I can't remember then he came back played a full season and had a 40% dominated rating 40% of his team's production essentially and that is a really high even in your last year that's a phenomenal dominator rating and that's why his college dominator and player profiler on my database or anyone's database is going to look high. It's because that last dominator average between that 15% looks pretty good, Chuck, because 
that's a really high dominator. Another player on this list is Brandon Marshall, who basically did the same thing, but in a different way. He barely played in college for the first three years. He did play four years, but um, he was drafted in, what was it, 2006, so I have all of his data. Um, but he only played like an eight-game season was his highest season. And then in his last season, he played a full season and dominated again to 40% of his team's production. So these are late breakout players, but they didn't. we didn't really see full seasons out of them. And that's where I have narratives and stories, sorry, stories, um, like uh, Brandon Ayuk, who did really well this year. Don't know where it's going to go because you won't let me look at this season. You want to know about next year's class. But um, I I don't I can I know to be wary of making firm opinions on players that we don't really see play enough in college, and these are two of the primary examples. All right, next guy is Kenny Galladay. He broke out at twenty one, which is actually his first year he played at a significant conference level. He was actually pr- promoted, I guess is what you would call it, into the realm uh, into the MAC conference, wasn't it? Yeah, into the MAC conference at New Orleans, um, New. Northern Illinois at age 21 immediately broke out the first year he played I actually think they redshirted him for part of the last season Um, and then the first year he played he was immediately dominant I actually wrote him up well before the NFL draft well before the combine saying look he broke out technically at one of those earlier conferences which we normally you know Adam Thielen we discount but the first year he played against a much higher level of competition he broke out so can Kenny Golladay make the jump to the NFL? Well, he just made the other jump, so I think it's fair to say that his age 21 is a little bit of a lie, right? So that's... How many are we down to now? We've got like four or five left. Marcus Colston, less than two years of data. I, okay, I, I hate to say that there's an excuse for all of these, but there's an excuse for all of them. Steve Smith, less than two years of data. Victor Cruz, less than two years of data. Played at a lower conference. Vincent Jackson played outside of my sample window. I just have him in here because I am I like having as much data as possible. So I added his name, created an ID. So really it's just 11 players. I lied earlier and forgot that. Um, and then you've got Michael Thomas and soon to be added to this list, Terry McClellan who both fully owned me. I got a lot of Michael Thomas because of his dress capital landing spot. And his production was interesting, even despite that age 21 breakout age. Like, I was just... You read the production, you don't just base it off one thing, and you listen to people, other people with other ideas and other opinions on them, and hopefully that saves you sometimes, and it did on Michael Thomas. But both of them played at the same team, in the same era, and I... Don't think we should make future adjustments for all Ohio State players. Oh, they're obviously all Michael Thomas because these two are extraordinarily level talent. I just think Ohio State has sucked in this era. And I'm sorry if you're a fan of the team, but they're definitely not using players right. And that's it. 20 years. That's it. So if they're a quarterback or running back convert, maybe, but you've probably drafted a few of those in the third or fourth rounds like I have, just in the hope, and they don't work out often. Again, the NFL doesn't like weird. Typically, they're like players who have done the things they want them to before. Um, And that's it. There's players that I don't have full college data on, which is why we know to be careful with our Brandon Ayuk analysis. And um, running backs and quarterbacks that convert. That's, that, that's all of them.
that all of the players that didn't at least just break out, not even break out well, or be efficient on it, or highly drafted. That's all of them. Undrafted. I have undrafted free agents in this database. All the ones that hit and didn't. That's all of them. It's not whether it is relevant or not. It's that it is relevant. How do we use that? That's the question. Breakout age matters whether a player is productive based on some statistic which does have correlation to NFL sex. Dominated does, but again, it's not my favorite. It's not my highest testing metric either. I think yards per attempt and yards per team pass attempt even will beat it. It does beat it currently in the testing that I've done. Um, and I also have created my own production score and other people have created their own things. Um, and, and there are other stats to look at, but just Dominator, one that everyone knows, very easy to understand. That says the age of production matters for wide receiver, at least. Did not expect this to last 20 minutes because I had a, I have a whole other thing. Do you want to do, do that too? I want to do that too. Looking at the 2020 class. Um, one thing that I started to do in my database, I uploaded it with th this year's class, it is like a lookup table. So you can input the player's name and it looks up their draft round, their position, their pre-draft, my pre-draft model score on them. And I do change my models because for me, basically, they're just fun things to do. I don't, I, I weight them, but I don't think anyone else should be ranking by it. Like I'm not selling you a model on nothing. It's just, that that's what I've got. Um, anyway. Uh, and what I do is I create the hit rates, so the percentage of players with their breakout age or their draft capital through three different levels of production, whether they've had a top 5, top 12, top 24 season. And again, I do that for the 20% threshold and the 30% threshold, and then I do it for draft capital. And then I average all of those so that I could create a nice, here's the average hit rate across all different levels of production for players that you input in the list. And I also just create it as a static list just for people who don't like to type or copy and paste names. And I think it's pretty useful. If you take every player drafted in the first three rounds and input them into that lookup thing and then just sort by the average breakout rate, here are the top three players since 2000 through the last three years. So 2018, 19, and 20. Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, CD Lamb. Suck it! Suck it, film grinders. That's my list. Uh, this is the only way I'm profiling from now on. Then Jalen Rager and Nikhil Harry. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Nikhil Harry is the highest rated across the average breakout threshold using a 20-30% and draft capital hit rate chart that I've created. It was the highest rated wide receiver in the 2019 class. Damn it. But that's this isn't the thing... I, you don't use any one thing, even if it's seven things rolled into one like this is, even though they're very simple things. Hopefully you can all understand them. And I will say that A.J. Brown is second on that list for the 2019 class, f followed by J.J. Sega-Whiteside. But, <laughs> again, this isn't why it's, it's not a foolproof system. I'm not selling you my database. Go look at this. This is all you need to rank and draft players. But I do, I can tell you for sure that the age at which a player it produces and how well they produce really matters and should factor in. It's the starting point of my evaluation for players because it's the best thing outside of draft capital to predict PPR points, to predict success in the NFL, and predict how well they will do in the NFL. The only edge I could see over CD Lamb for Justin Jefferson was these 
breakout thresholds across the 20 and 30% breakout age, which again, I think we can improve if we use a different metric, but that's uh, again, an off season prospect. Justin Jefferson had a higher likelihood of entering top five and top 12 ranges of production based on past examples. Um, because he broke out at age 19 at both the 20 and 30% threshold with CD lamb broke out at 20 age 20 with a 30% threshold. It gave him a slight edge, especially when it came to top five and top 12 seasons. Again, because I can't stress this enough. If you order players are good in the NFL, the better they are, the more productive they are than Michael Thomas. Okay, towards the top there, which is a little weird. But there you go. Again, him and Terry McClellan, the very clear, played full seasons, no real excuses. They're just outliers. That's it. They're they're the two. That's it. So, yeah, that that's why age matters. That's why how it's useful. Now, this was a bigger section. I didn't realize I was going to have so much fun talking about the other sections. But um, this is not the greatest way, or the way I think is most fair to judge these hit rate categories. For example, if you look at players that broke out at twenty and twenty one at a thirty percent threshold. Drafted in the second round, um, there are, there's a higher percentage of players drafted in the second round with a 21-age breakout compared to a 20-age breakout, which, again, the lo- that's not what the logic's telling us. That's why I always tell you, and everyone else, and every time I write, don't get too wound up about the exact percentages, because one, we have limited sample size, even in the best of situations, because there are so few players who do well in the NFL. It's like 72 players have broken out in the last 10 years. That's not a significant sample in and of itself. So one fairer way to calculate this, and I actually do do the chart this way, is to do the percentage of players with that breakout age or older. And that way, because this is relevant, the more the younger you are, the higher your hit rate is. And that for, therefore works in a nice linear, even way. The problem with that is it didn't put Justin Jefferson right at the top of the list, and I really wanted to do the suck it line because I thought that would be funny. So I'm hoping you go with me on that. But to that point, I want to talk about two players where just based on the way I was calculating this, just the average hit rate by draft round and breakout ages, Anthony Miller actually came up above A.J. Brown. Now, again, based on what... I actually do, and what's a better way of doing it, it's very, very different. Uh, Anthony Miller is significantly below, even just prospects drafted in the first three rounds over the last three years was like a 10-spot gap. Um, but So I could do the circuit line, I was doing this base average. All right, so there is more explanation we can get about how we can get value and how we should not just pay attention to one thing, but understand what it's trying to tell us. AJ Brown... If we just looked at the actual numbers next to each other, like in this handy-dandy database I've got, you see that he broke out at an earlier age. You see that the breakout ages that are earlier tend to have a higher rate of hitting in the NFL, and that's for every draft round. Like, within the same draft round, um, this is uh, the wide receiver breakout table I, I post all the time. Um, I, well, let me just read more numbers at you, sorry. Um, players that break out... Um, at age 18, hit 33% of the time in the NFL, um, 22% of the time in, if they're at age 19 breakout age, 18% if they're 20, 
Uh, 8% of the 21. See that stiff drop-off after you get over the age of 20. Um, and, and again, that's that's the signal with the 20% breakout age. Within the first round, players that break out at, with an age 18 breakout age at the 20% threshold hit 44% of the time if they're drafted in the first round. Jalen Rager. Um, at age 19 breakout ages, they, they hit 38% of the time. So it's like a, a 6% difference. And then it drops again another 6% to a 20% uh, to age 20 breakout ages. Again, you just look good. Just go look at my table. I post it all over the timeline so you can see this. Within the same round, the, the percentage of t times a player actually hits decreases within that round. And then you get to uh, some sample where you've only got one player with a breakout age of 22 drafted in the second round. Or only two players and one of them hit. So it goes 50%. And again, that's why I do a rolling average and not actually just a straight average I was doing so I could get my circuit line out. Now, I wanted to bring up this. I actually wanted to talk a lot about how we can read the profiles much more than just pay attention to a single average or a single breakout age. Just understand what they what they did and how well that compares. And the fact doing it younger is, in general, better. And, and then read what they did and then take in everyone else's information because it's really easy to do and it's a good baseline for who produced better without you know having to make some arbitrary number like a thousand yards in a season but i wanted to talk about and i think i can just fit this in under the wire we're over 30 but we'll, we'll, you'll hang right cool two minutes all right the 30 percent breakout threshold i don't just not like it because it discounts doug baldwin and others that broke out at the 20 percent age it's my main concern but it increases the number of misses. Now, again, it is more accurate. There is a higher percentage of players that break out with the lower breakout ages um, at a 30% threshold. So again, you're looking at a much more likely hit rate bucket, which is what we need. That's another good reason. I'm not sure if that was in the research Rotoviz put out, but it's a very good reason to back up why they did that and why, what they're saying about it. Like a higher percentage of players break out if they broke out younger with a 30% threshold, again, because if you're more productive younger, it's a really good sign with Nikhil Harry Proviso right now. So, um, but those 12 players I mentioned that hadn't broken out with a 20% threshold, it's actually around 20 players that have broken out if they didn't break out before the age of 20 with a 30% threshold. So there are more players squeaking into the outlier bucket. Again, there'll be exceptions. Some of those are Doug Baldwin that actually produced well at a lower threshold um, if you pay attention to the 20% breakout age, for example. But it's a point I wanted to mention. Um, I don't know the names on that list quite as well because I, I, I'm more used to using the 20% threshold. I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with a higher variance hit rate just so long as I, I get my Doug Baldwins in, you know? Just gotta have that Doug Baldwin. But, I guess, um, I, I did want to mention that. It's a higher hit rate group within the categories, but there's also more that squeak out the end of it. And so I do think we should still be paying attention to the 20% threshold. Two examples in this year's class are DK Metcalf um, and T Higgins. Both broke out well with a 20% threshold DK never got to 30% and AJ Brown did it later than you'd want um so uh, yeah uh, that's that sorry T Higgins 
So that's why I still pay attention. And actually, my production, the, the way I calculate how productive a player is, is using their production by age, but I adjust each year by how predictive it is and roll it into a single number called production score. And most of those players did at least pretty well. Um, but again, that's probably a, 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 a nerd list, a nerdy reading of numbers uh, for another time. And I'm about to do a prospect for a video, an article on a whole new class. So uh, we'll be talking about it endlessly, I assume. But I just wanted to give you a run through once more about how age is relevant, specifically for wide receiver, while you're looking at prospects. And that's why I'm still high on J.M. Regor and was coming into the NFL draft because he did the best the youngest I wasn't as worried about his average or his final year production as much as I was impressed with how well he did earlier early in his career and so I still have a lot uh, of hope um, for Jalen Rago um, to another example I wanted to get to uh, Nikhil Harry who I, I spent all our season saying look I'm willing to be wrong twice but I love Nikhil Harry's college profile, but his first-year numbers were just so sucky, I didn't think it was going to happen. Now, he did, despite being inefficient last year. Suck it, Blair Andrews. I, I forgot to make that reference, but he did really good research on how efficient players get more volume. I'm right of this, but anyway. Um, uh, he did increase his target share from 10% to 17%, which is actually pretty significant for a second-year player. So I have a little more hope based on NFL statistics, to be honest with you. And the Patriots weren't exactly great this year, so you can rope in a little team narrative if you really want to make it colorful like we did last year with Tom Brady and all. But it's still looking pretty miserable um, for Nikhil Harry. However, as we'll get to when I'm actually ready to do this, Jalen Rago isn't in that category. Speaking of first-round prospects with age 18, 20% threshold breakout ages, he had a 15% target share as a rookie year one. That's actually pretty good and keeps him well within the top three, top four conversation within the class to me. Chase Claypool, despite having a phenomenal rookie year, and I definitely bow down, there's something we don't know about players like Chase Claypool. I'll, admit, I'll freely admit I don't know anything, so yeah, I'm happy to admit I don't know something. But I still have more reservations about Chase Claypool, despite having great NFL stats, because of his college profile, than I am concerned with Jalen Rago, because he did not dip below the great, honestly, high expectations um, of rookie wide receivers with that kind of college profile in a first year. But again, it's probably something I'm going to have to run through in another subject. But it, it, triggered me looking at this list to be honest with you so again if you're interested in looking at any of this and proving me wrong with my own numbers because god knows i don't even understand these things half the time it's all pinned to the timeline go check it out dlf has a whole app actually if you're sub to dlf and Zeno and addison hayes work to automate this so you you know it's one of those fun apps you can type in names and it makes a graph for you or you can just look at my boring spreadsheet pinned to my timeline because that's what I do. Um, but anyway, yeah, check it out there. And uh, thanks again for listening if you did. Sorry it's a little longer. Got on, got on to a rant. But honestly, I was having fun. Damn it, I'm going to have to go look at rookie profiles now. Damn it. Thanks for checking it out. See you later. Bye. Oh, wait. One final note. Almost forgot. I was going to say at the start... I don't know what happened. That was like 30 minutes ago. I don't. I, I can't remember that far back. Um, but I hope you like our new theme song. 
I asked Gabe Gehring and Zach Reed, the guys who've been doing, uh, who did the theme songs, the Dynasty Crossroads at the start and the end, uh, like my new boss at DLF, Dynasty Outhouse, who's just a, he's a real slave driver, guys. Very mean. (laughs) He's not. Uh, Check out the Trade Addicts podcast, by the way. Um, He asked why I hadn't rebranded, and the honest answer was I'm lazy and I didn't want to admit Jake was gone yet. So I asked those guys to make new theme songs, and the one we started with is what Zach brought up to me, uh, brought back to me. I think it's pretty kicking. I'm not changing the name of the show to The Grind, even though that that's a pretty cool name, to be honest. Um, it's still The Dynasty Crossroads, but hey, new theme song, uh, and I think it's awesome, man. Um, really appreciate that from Zach Reed, at Zach Reed, or at tacit assassin 13 that's the one on twitter from the dynasty dummies podcast really appreciate him doing that for us and uh yeah check him out and thank him for me too yeah chicken a crow chicken a crow crossing the road go clicking a poll twitter is gold player unfold so jake on the table and they on the place no pete enumerates the plays are analytical Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight. Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that eye, I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go click in a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold. So Jake on the table and they on the place. No, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road. Go click in a poll, Twitter is gold, play unfold. So Jake on the table and they on the place. No, Pete enumerates the plays are analytical.